What up? What up? Welcome back to the There's More podcast. This is Hannah Nitz. As always, overly excited that you're here. Thanks for joining for the episode today. Um, The There's More podcast exists because I just want you to know, sweet listener, that there's more. There's more to experience in your relationship with God. There's more to enjoy in Him. There's just so many levels and excitement that as a Christian my whole life, I never knew the sweetness of knowing God. So excited that you joined for another conversation on that. And today's episode is about canceling quiet time. That's right. I'm getting rid of it. And that does sound intriguing. (laughs) It sounds a little strange. Like if I'm so passionate about knowing God, why would I cancel your quiet time? So essentially I keep trying to crack the code. I'm like, What happened for me to experience this moreness of God? Like, what can I encourage men and women to desire or do or experience in order to taste this more in their relationship with God? And here's the deal. Every person I talk to has a different story. But at the end of the day, one of the themes I keep seeing is it impacted or, or the way that they interacted with God regularly, the way that they did quiet time or, you know, spent time with God shifted, like it made some changes. So what I wanted to do with this episode is pull together a few of those stories or teachings to help encourage you to maybe even just start asking this question of what would it look like if I canceled quiet time and I learned to engage with God differently to experience the more of him. So today you're going to be hearing from three people, uh, myself, Hannah, hello. You'll also be hearing from Noelle Beck, my mentor of 20 years and just extraordinarily awesome person, and Laura Veal, my girl, who you've heard her teaching and her story here before. You've heard from both Noelle and Laura before, actually. So, um, yeah, so all three of us kind of sharing what some of these pieces mean to us about canceling our quiet time and shifting our time with God. Uh, I'll give you a little warning though. Little spoiler. This episode is a lot. Like it's, it's a lot of information. It's maybe not my wisest choice to put it all in one episode. I'll be real. I played it for my husband and he was like, babe, I think that needs to be split into a few episodes. And I was like, get off my back. Um, no, I'm just kidding. (laughs) I, I was like, I don't know. I just, Here's why I want to put it in one. I know, listener, that some of you need to hear what I'm going to share um, about the shift in my mindset. Some of you need to hear what Noelle's going to share about pursuing relationship with God. And some of you need to hear this truth and this challenge of engaging knowing God through the Bible, which is Laura's story. So between these three pieces, I hope you can write a few notes down, things that stood out to you, and start processing and asking God, God, what would this look like if I shifted my time with you? If I canceled my quiet time in pursuit of a relationship and a pursuit of knowing you? Woo! Okay, so that's what we're going to do today. Canceling your quiet time. We're going to engage in relationship and pursue knowing God. Will you join me? (laughs) 
as a average Christian involved in a church, we know that we are supposed to spend time with God. We do. We hear about it. We hear about quiet time. We hear about making sure we're reading our Bible, about um, spending time praying with God. This isn't a shock that this is something that is talked about and that we know is important. Um, But I don't think I've heard a lot of people talk about what this time actually looks like. We say we're supposed to do it. We know we're supposed to spend time in the Bible, but we don't necessarily talk in detail about this. So I think for many of us and for me, what this usually turned into is like 15-minute devotion time where I would get a book of devotions that sounded um, appealing to where I was and the stage I was in or something I was struggling with and kind of work my way through this where it starts with a few Bible verses at the top, a few paragraphs from an author, and maybe a summary question or prayer request at the end. It's like, We sit at a table with our coffee. We read this devotional to start our day. We get a quick lesson from God, you know, asking for wisdom and then kind of kind of move on. And that's what I've always pictured when I pictured quiet time. And maybe you have that picture, too, of what quiet time is supposed to look like and what your time with God is supposed to look like. Here's the deal. I um, I wasn't great at sticking to that. I would go through times where I was better or worse, but I feel like every New Year's resolution, I was like, man, I want to get in my Bible more. Like, I want to be more consistent with spending time with God, but I never stuck with it. Like, I'd I'd be hot with it for a while, and then it would fade off, and I'd get distracted, or I wouldn't set my alarm early enough. And I just keep thinking about this, because now it's my time with God is, like, literally the best part of my life. And... What was the shift? Like, how could it go from something that I tried to talk myself into doing for 10 years to something that now I just want all the time? These are some questions that I want to ask you that I realized I would have answered these differently before than I do now. Does your time with God give you life? Is it one of the best things that you do each day? After you spend time with God, do you know God more? And do you look forward to spending time with him each day? Those were usual no's for me. Quiet time for me was this devotion time that I completed, but it was kind of like healthy eating. It was like, I know I'm supposed to do this. I know that this is good for me. But as I'm eating the spinach and watching someone else eat grilled cheese, I'm like, man, I wish I could eat them carbs. So what was the shift? Um, Friends, this is the shift that I want to start inviting you to to, as you're canceling this quiet time, this 15-minute devotional, this structure maybe that you've gotten used to, and pull you into something different. Friends, there isn't a formula. Like, I wish I could give you this easy to-do list or a challenge or a formula to follow or like the secret answer to this deeper peace with God. I really want to encourage you to think about, you know, I've talked about this before in the episode of God doesn't need you to do anything or you don't have to do anything. I called it something like that. That the start of all of this and the thing that started to shift and cancel my quiet time and instead replace it with this beautiful time with God was my desire. It was literally asking God, saying to him, I want to want to spend time with you but I don't. I want to want more of you, but I don't. 
And as God started pumping me with the desire for him and for the father and for the son and for the Holy Spirit, this interaction with God every day changed. Instead of it being this like, well, I guess I need to do this, I started to value it. I started to look forward to it. It wasn't just this extra credit thing like, oh man, I went to church and life group and I read a book about the fruits of the spirit and I read the Bible two days this week. Instead, my mindset began to shift and my calendar began to shift where I was like, man, time with God is now so enjoyable and it's so important to me that I will turn other things down to say yes to this. I shared before about fasting from things. I, in order to essentially, I don't know the word, quick start or force myself into this, (laughs) for 40 days, I said, God, I want to give up all these things that I somehow make time for every day that aren't that important like podcasts. Your girl listens to a lot of podcasts. And I was like, what if instead of listening to podcasts, God, I spend time with you every day? What podcasts do for me, the enjoyment I get out of that, will you do for me instead? And all of a sudden, as I'm reading the Bible, I'm like, man, these verses are actually true. Like in Philippians 3, 8, where it says, I count everything a loss because of the surpassing worth of knowing Christ. All of a sudden, that wasn't just this like stretch goal or this encouraging verse to read. Literally coming to know God, not know the story of Jesus, not knowing the gospel, but this deeper relationship, pursuing of God every day became so valuable that this verse was actually true. I was like, oh, dang, I count everything else as a loss. Ephesians 3, 9 talks about as we come to know the love of Christ that surpasses any kind of knowledge, as we know that, not just hear of it, not just learn it, but like dive deep in this daily pursuit of the love of Christ, you will be filled with all fullness of God. I'm sorry. (laughs) What? Like, like. The fullness of God, creator of the universe, author of all things, I am filled with the fullness of him as I seek him. Or Psalm 1611, Noel Beck mentions and talks about this one up and down every day where it says, in your presence, there is fullness of joy. And this is what that shift started to look like for me, friends, was not even knowing what I was doing wrong, but knowing like, and not that. Uh, I don't want to say that. Not not that I was doing it wrong. I just didn't know that there was something different and this different way to pursue God and desire Him. And friends, as I'm tasting this, this is why I'm saying cancel quiet time. Cancel this 15-minute structure where you sit with your devotional and instead taste this enjoyment. So next on the mic, I want to pass it to Noelle Beck, who really taught me a lot of this. She taught me so much of what it looks like to experience relationship with God and how different that looks from a 15-minute devotional time. I absolutely love time with God. And I think there is this idea that 
time with God is boring, and I am just here to say that it isn't, and it doesn't have to be, and I want to encourage everyone into a more interactive and engaging time with God. So, uh, if I can, I would like to get your podcast listeners, Hannah, to delete two words. Now, you don't really have to, but there are two words that I'm trying to delete in the Christian language, and that is, at least in reference to spending time with God, that is the word discipline. Now, the word discipline, to me, it usually makes me feel like I have to run or do some form of workout that I hate. So I work out. Uh, but I have to like trick myself into working out. I bike because it doesn't feel like working out. I do bouldering, which is, which is a form of rock climbing. It doesn't feel like working out. I'll play basketball. Discipline of working out is like running, a, especially around a track. Please just punch me in the face. Um, like I am going to do something hard to achieve a result. So I'm going to work out so I am in better shape. Or I'm going to stop eating you know, sugar, so I lose weight. Like there's a, there's some sort of cause and effect. And we don't use that phrase in any other relational interaction. So I don't use that necessarily with my husband, right? So if I want to grow in my relationship with Tim and I want to be intentional, there's still intentionality, but I would never use the phrase, I am going to create the discipline to go on a date with Tim every week. No, now I still might be intentional with going on a date with Tim every week, but you almost never say that in regards to relationship. And so that's part of the reason I want to delete that from God. God really is the creator an author and king of life, but also is a loving father who wants relationship with his kids and wants to interact with us. And so he doesn't want it to feel like this is a, a hard chore that I don't want to do, but I need to do it because I'm trying to check off my good Christian list, right? So I am trying desperately to delete the word dis- discipline. I'm also trying to delete the word quiet time. And it's for the same reason. If we're in relationship with God, the word quiet time sounds like some form of, uh, sometimes it sounds like punishment, right? Like it's time out. But it, it also can sound very somber. Like I need to go into a quiet corner of the house and it needs to be dark and somber and quiet. And again, it depicts a picture of boring. It depicts a picture of not very engaging. Let me read my few chapters and move on. And what I want to say is what God wants is a relationship and he wants to interact with us in relationship. I would even talk about our posture. And I'm not talking about our posture in regards to like on our knees or hands raised. Like I'm talking about our posture as in how do we feel? So if it's a Friday night, I've had a long week, um, I may feel one of two ways with my friend, my spouse, whomever. I may feel like I want to I want to change my clothes. I want to go out to dinner. I want to go to a movie. I want to go, you know, wherever. Or sometimes we feel like, man, it's been a long week. I want to put on my, you know, sweats or my pajamas and stay in bed and eat pizza and watch a movie. 
And we feel different ways and we interact with people in different ways because of that. And my encouragement actually is to interact with God how you feel, some too. Like you may, and I spend a lot of my time, I actually have a a prayer room, which isn't that special or exciting. It's a room where most of what I do in here is engage God, right? It's got a desk and a chair. And um, some days I go into the prayer room and I want to sit at my desk and I want to rock out like learning scripture and his word and he's showing me things. And sometimes I'm having a rough day. And honestly, I just say like, I'm going to cuddle up in bed with God and I still read or I still engage him. I still talk to him. I still pray. But I engage in the way that I'm feeling as well. And we do that in relationships with humans. So why not do that in relationship with God? God gives us the ability to interact with him in all sorts of ways. And so my encouragement is what helps you connect with God? For my husband, it's nature. And maybe for a lot of you, it's nature. For some of you, it may be just driving. It's really helpful. And I do this at times, like I want to worship God. And so I drive around in my Jeep and I drive around my community. And sometimes I'm just worshiping him. Sometimes I'm praying with him. God wants relationship with us and wants to be part of our lives and part of our experiences. So engage the things that you love and invite God into it. So still be intentional, right? I still am intentional with my time with God when I'm doing it, but I may not just be sitting at my desk in my prayer room. Uh, One day, just recently, actually, I decided to have wings with Jesus. I thought, this is a great idea. I love wings. I don't know why I hadn't thought of this before, but I love wings. So I ordered wings and I hung out with God at my kitchen table and it was awesome. Some days when, again, I talked about crawling into my bed, like there is this Ill- this visual that God gives us that we can just honestly crawl up on his lap and just be with him and be in his presence. Sometimes not even doing anything. We're not reading. We're not praying. We're not worshiping. We're just being with him. And that's what we do in relationships in real life too. If you get to know somebody for the first time, right? It's a stranger. You guys just meet. If you're going to spend time together, usually pick some place that feels public and short. So typically that's coffee, right? Like let's, I don't know you very well. Let's meet for coffee. And there's kind of this, you know, distance. You're not close to them. So you're not spending extended periods of time together. And it's not in an intimate setting. So it's in public. As you get to know this person, and I'm not talking dating, I'm talking like friendship, you start to spend more time with them. You go to dinner with them. You spend uh, time at each other's houses. And there's only a handful of people that when you have a sad day and you don't feel like talking and you don't feel like explaining, but you want somebody near, there's an inner circle that you usually invite into that. So for me, sometimes I have sad days. I still eat wings because that's my favorite. I eat wings and ice cream on the couch, and there's only a handful of people that I feel comfortable enough, close enough with, that I would invite to sit on the couch beside me. This is what God wants. God wants to get, he doesn't want to stay at the coffee shop. He doesn't want to stay at the church. He wants to be invited into the 
situations where we're sad and we're sitting on the couch and we want somebody beside us and he wants to sit and be with us there. He wants that closeness, that intimacy, that relationship. And he, as our creator and father, really does want relationship with his kids. And it doesn't have to look the same. It doesn't have to be boring. It can be drawing. It could be writing a song. It could be singing. It could be a dance party. It could be a walk in nature. It could be um, just writing down things you're thankful for. It could be all these different things. And again, what I want to do is break down the connotation of quiet time, right? Has to read so many chapters and pray so many prayers and do X, Y, Z. No, no, no. You are in an interactive personal relationship. God has created you personally and uniquely, and he wants to interact with you personally and uniquely. So if he's created you as an artist, engage your art to engage him. If he has created you um, to be a singer, then sing to him. Like there's different ways that he has created us. Use those unique gifts or the ways that he's created you to interact with him. The way that I interact with God is not going to be the same as the way Hannah interacts with God or my other friends interact with God. Now, don't get me wrong. God has still given all of us ways to interact with him. So that's why he's given us the scripture. Like that is God's word that we have to know him and to interact with him with. He's given us prayer, ultimately for communication, although we can also ask for things. So we still have all the same components in order to interact with God, but the way in which we express it can all be unique and different. And so the moral of the story is, and what I really want to get across, is that engaging God doesn't have to be boring. He wants relationship and he interacts with us uniquely and he's created us uniquely. So go engage him in the way that he's created you. That is what I'm talking about. Yes, man. Love that encouragement from Noelle. I think you can see how she has been a huge impact on my life. This whole idea of engaging God in relationship and in the everyday. Bringing us out, the last segment of this episode about canceling your quiet time is Laura Veal, and she's going to share more about what it looks like to engage in knowing God. So if you're kind of reshifting what this quiet time, <laughs> I know Noelle said we're not supposed to use that word, we're canceling it. If you're going to shift what your time with God looks like and want a pursuit of knowing God and want to know what you do with my Bible And how do I get to the point that I'm so excited about knowing him and so excited about spending time with him? Laura is going to share more of the nitty gritty, some practical tips of what took her from having no idea what to do with her time with God to fully enjoying and seeking this knowledge of God through the Bible, the coolest book in the world. So here's some tips and wisdom from Laura. Okay, so I have had so many conversations recently surrounding the question of how do I go from the 15-minute Devo time to actually studying God's Word to know Him? And I am like, yes, 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 yes. This is the best question. I'm so glad people are asking this. It gets me so excited. Okay, so we are just going to get right to it. Three things I'm going to bullet point right off the bat. Three things that when implemented— change a whole lot about our interaction with God through his word. Number one, purpose. Number two, perspective. And number three, 
patience. Three Ps. Uh, and I'm stealing this idea from pretty much anyone who teaches how to study the Bible. In particular, I love, 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 love the book Women of the Word by Jen Wilkin. Um, it was a huge resource for me when I decided that basically I was created to know and interact with my creator far beyond a 15-minute devotional a day. And I just, I so wanted that. So Jen's resource and just a bunch of other resources out there can explain these three points along with additional ones. Um, they can explain them much more deeply than I will. I'm just simply introducing them to you um, in ways that uh, reflect just what helped me the most from the start. So let's break down the three Ps. The first one, purpose. What is the purpose of the Bible? If you haven't heard me talk about this, I would love for you to listen to the previous episode on here. It's called, You Cannot Trust Me Because You Do Not Know Me. So in that episode, I dive deep into this vital truth about our Bible, but I am going to share it again right now. So here it is. You ready? The Bible isn't about us. And this is huge, y'all. Like the Bible, it's not about me. The Bible isn't about you. The most important thing that we can know and engage in our Bibles is that from beginning to end, it is first and foremost about God. He gave it, like literally gave it to us so that we could know him, not just know about him, but know him deeply and, and intimately. We could know his character, know his heart, know his plan, know him. And in case you haven't picked up on it from the other episodes, this knowing God, it changes everything. For me, chasing after my own identity or my own direction in the Bible, just it just left me doing just that. Like I was chasing. I was never settled because I don't, I don't know about you, but I am so fickle. Like I'm always changing. I'm, I'm confident one minute and then I'm just a hot mess the next. So using the Bible to tell me about me was like playing hot potato. I was bouncing around desperate for encouragement or wisdom or what, whatever else, depending on how I was feeling that day. And I did this for 20 something years and it just never satisfied me. It left me honestly thinking that the Bible was marginally useful, um, even just kind of lame. Don't get me wrong. There were, there were definitely moments when I would walk away and I'd have this sweet token. Um, but often as soon as the chaos of the day unfolded, I just felt so far away from that neatly wrapped truth because everything about me screamed that it wasn't true. So the most important question, the most life-changing question that we need to ask when we read the Bible is, what does this say about you, God? Your character, your desires, your love. And then, only then can we go on to consider, how does this truth about God change my view of self? But it starts with God and it ends with God. And that is a game changer. Okay, so the second P is perspective. When we are reading his word, whether Old Testament or New Testament, if we don't take the time to gain perspective on the particular book that we are studying, we will be drastically limited in our understanding and interpretation of the words. So um, 
how does that play out practically? Um, for me, at the top of each book, I write four to five things. I write um, the author, the audience, the date it was written, the reason or purpose that it was written, um, and any other quick reference information that would be helpful. So for example, I'm currently studying the book of Hosea, and at the top of the first page, it says, author. And then I wrote, assumed to be Hosea, which means salvation, one of the 12 minor prophets. And then audience, people of the northern kingdom of Israel. Date, right around the time of Israel's exile, which took place in 722 BC. Purpose, showing God's loyal love for his people, despite their unfaithfulness and idolatry. And then my extra note is that Hosea's wife, Gomer, represents Israel and that Hosea ministered from 753 to 715 BC. Um, and it's believed that he, uh, that this book was written um, from the Southern kingdom of Judah because he speaks of Judah's kings. Okay, if none of that made sense to you, know that four years ago, I would not have had a clue. And, and even today, like, I find this information from commentaries or from online or, um, heck, even uh, the introduction of, like, my old teen study Bible, that thing is still helpful. So, thank you, mom and dad. I don't, like, 20 years ago, you gave me that. Um, but, yes, be encouraged, friends. You don't have to be a genius, okay? You, you just have to accept that sometimes interacting with the Bible is methodical, but those efforts only amplify our understanding and our interpretation. So it's okay. It's good. And um, this leads me to the third P, patience. In today's culture, or maybe it's always been this way, but patience does not come easy. But like I touched on earlier, time with God was never meant to be an accomplishment or a completed task, something you check off. Um, treating it like that certainly boxes God in and it ultimately doesn't work for us. Like it barely puts a dent in our hearts, right? Hurry in, in all things. It's, it's one of our greatest enemies. It robs us of so much sweetness. It robs us of being present in the moment, delighting, experiencing joy. And I, I promise you, this absolutely applies to our time with God. Hurry robs us of space to ruminate to rest in, to worship, and to just be transformed as we engage our creator through his word. So one of my favorite things when I study is reading the cross-references of scripture. And I bring this up now because as I talk about patience, um, it's worth saying that, that doing this, you know, reading these cross-references often prevents me from getting to the end of the passage or the chapter that I'm reading at that time. But guess what? It's not a big deal. Because this is a lifelong process. Like, I'll be back at it tomorrow or even later today. I'm going to pick right back up where I left off. And God will just continue to build and build on the intimate knowledge that He reveals through His Word. It gets to be a slow and patient pursuit. And there is honestly so much freedom in this. So, I kind of touched on it already, but like, yes, knowing God through studying his word often starts out methodical. It, it definitely did for me. This, it was a methodical pursuit that lacked instant gratification. It, it lacked an emotional takeaway. It started out feeling a lot like work, but I had come to a place where I so desperately desired more of God and less of me. And so I stuck with it. And let me tell you what happens in this committed pursuit. 
God shows up. Like he wants to be known. He created us for his glory and to be in relationship with him. So I am not an expert on this at all. I am just here to encourage you that when we desire God, and therefore we, we, we lay the groundwork of setting aside time and space, then God does the true work in our minds and in our hearts and praise Him that my efforts and my brain power, I'm an exhausted mom of three. Like those things are not what matter, okay? Because guys, you don't have to be a genius to study your Bible. I promise you. So please do not be discouraged if it feels weird at first or if it feels hard. It starts with desire. Or as Hannah has said, desire for desire. Desire plus cultivating time and space for Him. That's what we bring to the table. And then our glorious, powerful, loving God draws us in to intimacy and knowing Him. And and Scripture comes alive. And in timelines, it may look different for, for each of us. Patience is key. But this methodical approach, it morphs into something beautiful and life-giving and dynamic and exciting. For me now, while the text doesn't offer emotional takeaways every time, the time itself with him most often does. And that's God's doing. Like he transformed me in that way to just delight in him. It's a process that will flourish in the long run and it's so worth it. I, I do think um, it's worth noting, honestly, probably a fourth P that I shouldn't skip over because God actually convicted me uh, about this um, about two years into the journey. So the fourth P is prayer. I didn't start off this way um, utilizing prayer. Like as patient as I was trying to be, I, I still rushed through prayer or just silence, just resting in God, um, listening for Him. And it was just in the last several months that God, it's not that he convicted me on it, but he invited me into a whole other dynamic of studying his word and knowing him. And that involved slowing down even more for prayer before, during, and after. And uh, all I can say is that prayer is the bomb. So fourth P, prayer. There you go. Okay, so putting skin on it. For me, day one, I took my journal a respected commentary that I had bought. Um, You could even just access the Enduring Word commentary online or via app. I had a pack of pens and I had a new Bible that I had bought that had plenty of space in the margins. Um, I'd bought one of those Bibles where you can like artistically draw on the sides, but it was perfect for just studying and taking notes. And so I took all these things and I sat down and methodically started working my way through the Bible. And, and I started in Genesis, didn't love it, uh, went over my head because I was, I was a newbie. Uh, so I decided to start reading the Gospels chronologically, which, P.S., do you know that the Bible is not laid out in chronological order? Knowing that is really helpful, and I just learned this three years ago. So you can find that order online, I'm sure. Um, but anyways, I took notes in my Bible uh, in the margins, and I highlighted and I wrote question marks where I was clueless. I slowed down and I took the time to research historical background using my commentary or using Google. 
Um, I looked things up that made no sense. I looked up definitions. I looked up cross-references. I looked up different translations online for verses that were confusing or maybe just verses that stood out. Later in my journey, I added using the Blue Letter Bible app or the website um, to look up the original Hebrew. It's called the Interlinear Bible. Um, And I have just grown to love doing that. But that was a lot in the beginning, so don't be intimidated. Um, And above all, from day one, I, I aimed to answer the question, what does this say about you, God? And guys, sometimes my answer was, uh, like, I have no clue. But over time, I started seeing repeated answers, repeated themes, because God is who He says He is, and He's unchanging. So you'll see that. And over time, this rich understanding of God began to develop for me, and my idea of Him was transforming, and I found myself falling into unexpected surrender and just just beautiful delight. Again, we cultivate the time and space and we have the desire and we commit to the pursuit. And then I am so convinced that the spirit moves. He does the work because God is amazing. God desires to be with us so deeply. But the question is, Do we desire Him? So yes, we canceled quiet time, but we replaced it with something different. We started this conversation saying, what if we desired something different? What if we even knew to ask God for this deeper enjoyment and prioritizing of time with Him? Noel then taught us more about what this looks like to engage in God, engage God in relationship in this every day, in eating wings with Jesus. Who knew that would ever be a lesson you'd learn? And Laura's amazing summary of just pursuing knowing God through his word, making the Bible the coolest book on the planet. Um, once you understand and are walking in this pursuit of knowing God. So we don't want this to just end here. I would really want to keep this conversation going both in your lives and hearts after you're listening to this, but in on the podcast, in these episodes. So would you let me know what questions you have? I'm thinking about doing a Q&A, like a question and answer specifically on spending time with God because it's so important and so amazing and so life-giving and I just want everyone to experience it. So if you've listened to this episode and you're like, man, they didn't address this or like, okay, I hear what you're saying, but practically, how, how do you do that? Will you hop over on Facebook and look up There's More Podcast and leave a comment there or head to hannahnitz.com and click the button on the top that says say hello. I want to hear from you. What questions do you have about your time with God? I want to end this episode with a poem from my cousin Bethany McDougall and she wrote this. uh, It's called Fullness and is just meant to kind of summarize this conversation and this whole concept of adjusting (laughs) or canceling our quiet time. Bethany, thanks for your sweet words and sharing them with our podcast audience. We love because he first loved us, but we read his word because we're told to. 
Because if we don't, wave after wave of guilt will erode us until we sit and force ourselves to search through tiny text for self-revelation. When we should simply cast our gaze to the model, to Jesus. He did not turn away a single child, widow, drunkard, or leopard. Instead, he broke bread with them face to face. We think that means we need to break bread with them too, but no, we are missing the story. We are the sinner, and he is pursuing us, breaking bread face to face. We think Jesus only wants relationship with us when we attempt to mask our sin behind skirts, behind suits, behind devotionals and flowery journals. He did not die to keep us at a distance. He did not die for only a glimpse of us. He did not die to leave us with only traces of himself hidden in scripture. He died for relationship with you, with his children, to give his presence abundantly. We need to stop forcing ourselves every day to sit and read pages that don't speak because we won't listen. We get to dig into stories that proclaim, this is who I am, and this is how much I love you. Not looking for our routine, our obligation, our discipline. Instead, he invites us in like a father playing Yahtzee, like a mom finishing your dinner, like a best friend saving you a seat. He pursues you to be with you. We can quit the discipline we can enjoy the most full, the most life-giving pleasure available relationship with our Creator.